Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, crappy quiz and a slight tangent. World Cup B is growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) As a name. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Now you're welcome along. Football show coming at you. Dan McDonald here in the studio. Hello. Evening, Joe. We have a Premier League feast before us, Dan. 48 minutes on the clock. Second half just started. Chelsea against Liverpool is nil all. Interesting Liverpool team in particular. We'll come to that in just a moment. Uh, meanwhile, the other three games kicked off at 7.45. We're just past the hour mark. We have Bournemouth nil. Evan Ferguson's Brighton won with an Evan Ferguson goal. We have Leeds 2-1 up against Nottingham Forest. Very much relegation six-pointer there. So Leeds 2, Nottingham Forest 1 is where we are. And Leicester minus Brennan Rodgers one. Aston Villa going very well at the moment one and first goal what will we say sweet quality sweet yes uh, a flick I suppose you'd call it I saw someone referring to it as a heel flick I think it was one of the American sites it's just uh, it's just instinctive you know I think that's what I like about it I mean I, I tweeted it out like it's very similar to a goal he scored his last goal for for Bowes it's like think about it now like it's the winter 2020 closed doors the darkness of the Belfield Bowl but uh, I remember they in fairness to the FAI they put the under 17 final on YouTube and uh, Evan Ferguson playing Kevin Zeffi was playing for Shamrock Rovers some other good players um, they were doing good things and uh, I mean Evan Ferguson at that stage I mean like God that was 16 months or so after he played against Chelsea yet he'd just turned 16 so like his name had been it wasn't as if it was oh look at this new guy Um, but even then I think this is what's always excited people around about Evan Ferguson, even back then before he left. You see, sometimes you put you put these young strikers in a bracket like he's incredibly quick. You know, you have this player who's incredibly quick, or in the case of a big lad, he's incredibly strong. And Evan Ferguson, I suppose, is the big lad, but he was the big lad, yes, with like great physical attributes, but also this ability to do the right thing and also to be very skillful. And um yeah, just the confidence to to try that and execute that, and know that it's that it's the right thing to do. You know, um, yeah. I mean, he's 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 not even nineteen till October. I mean, no. In that context, it's very promising. I'm like ignoring you, by the way. I'm just watching it on loop here on my laptop. So it's a move down the left hand side for Brighton. Bournemouth have lots of players in the box. As uh, Chelsea score, looks like Kai Havertz. We'll watch the replay in a moment. Ball uh, is played across the area. Plenty of Bournemouth players in the box. And it comes to Ferguson, who's maybe eight yards out and uh, somewhere between near post and middle of the goal. And super calmly, he uses the pace on the ball and flicks it into the far corner, helps it along, directs it into the far corner. I mean, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with instinctive, Dan. And it is instinctive. It's, it's, it's a, a very immediate weighing up of the circumstances. But I also think... He's so relaxed doing it that he's waited up very early on. It's both instinctive and quite considered. He knows yeah. where I am. He knows the pace and the ball is enough to get the flick on. It's not going to need much in terms of me adding to the speed of the ball. I'm just going to direct this. And he does it so calmly. And then, you know, he's, he's never a kid. Kid, I say with affection. He doesn't lose his mind when he scores. He's just scored his fourth Premier League goal. It's a beautiful finish. Like, it, it reeks of just quality for all those reasons. His, his brain was quick. The execution was good. He's just trotting away. 
You know, I mean, it's, it's like a slow jog. This isn't my moment. Oh my God, I've scored in the Premier League. It's a, I've scored again. And uh, you can see the two teammates in the box both jump in the air at the finish because they know it's good and they didn't quite see it. <laughs> like, yeah. So there's a whole lot of things to love about it. And I was saying to you during the news, I do, look, we've all been very excited about Evan Ferguson for a while now. My, my sense of the English punditry class is that they're kind of saying, yeah, you know, promising player, good player. Um, I hadn't seen Lineker. You'd mentioned Lineker was raving about it. Yeah. But I think a moment like that is another eye-catching goal or two. They start to realise his age. I think he's about to start getting a lot of attention, Evan Ferguson. Oh, I think he's getting already. I, I disagreed with you a bit on, on, on the sense of you think they haven't really caught, caught on to him yet. I mean... Um, it's, not that they have, it's not that they aren't aware of him. I'm just comparing it with... So I heard, for instance... Um, uh, one journalist asked about him uh, on a podcast and he was like oh yeah look, looks a good player and that was the extent of it so it wasn't oh my god have you seen this kid it wasn't this is like Michael yeah, Lowe, but, this is Robbie but Fowler. that's journalists it wasn't, like- it wasn't it wasn't the mania that comes with certain young talents I'm not saying that they're right or wrong I'm just saying that's my observation of uh the English football family at large it's not like they're Evan Ferguson's incredible I'm sure plenty of pros are looking at him and saying pl- loads of quality there but let's be realistic it's not a Michael Owen Robbie Feller introduction either oh, I think you're actually you're conscious of the green tinted glasses so, who's, so much who's, you've who's, got you've, you're, you're, you're getting to the point of I don't want to be Mr. Green tinted glasses here so I'm going to completely pull back from it you should take them off your, yeah you take your no no you see this thing I'm not taking it back I, but it depends like I mean you can talk about the opinion of one journalist or whatever who may not like they may not pay attention to Brighton that much I'm just saying that I think uh, I'd imagine within English football generally within the corridors of every big club um, and certainly contact I would have had from people um, uh, working in English football like I think everyone's talking about him in that, in that sphere like I think he is a, a, a big deal and I don't know I've heard plenty of commentary about it. maybe you instinctively look out for it more maybe you search him a bit more but um, I think he's been highlighted for a player of his age he's been highlighted um, it's been a nice package of the match of the day a couple of like actually reminded me of the goal against Leicester it's funny you're describing his goal there the de- remember, if you remember the header against Leicester which again he cushioned it into the corner out of the reach of the goalkeeper and there's like there's almost a comparison there in a way that with a flick and with a header he's finding the spot yeah. um, but no I think um, I just think in the sense of some of the coverage around the Ireland-France game and some of the stuff in the UK um, that I would have encountered it was it was suddenly Evan Ferguson centred okay um, so, I've missed it a touch yeah no I think I think um, anyone in particular um, no I think it was I think it was there's been the BBC <clears throat> It was the BBC packages. I think it was uh, Danny Murphy one time was speaking about him in, in good detail, and then it was Murphy. ES- ESPN had, had a big ESPN had a piece around them as well. Murphy, it was Murphy. I had in my head who whose tone was he's very promising, mm. but not. I, I don't. Know, I haven't seen the likes of this. But in I, I don't think. Years. The, I, but I don't think is that the nature of of. Like punditry around Premier League young players now either. Do you know what I mean? Like as in, like when like so think of like an outstanding talent like uh, Saka now. For, you know, I think Saka is amazing, mm. but I don't think when he came on the scene either, like 
people were screaming around. Like, I don't know what the, like, the accepted standard for Wonderkid. People probably hadn't seen anything like Michael Owen before when he came along because he was just like so exciting in the context of maybe where football was at at that stage. Robbie Fowler, you mentioned off air as well. Definitely. Definitely helped they were playing for Liverpool. But now, like, maybe our bar is higher and maybe the hyperbole in terms of the over-the-top, I've never seen anything like this, reactions are is a little bit more measured. But I think Evan Ferguson even to be identified and discussed and like you know spoken about, packaged, you know picked out as a as a sort of a talent um, in what is a much better like what is now a much better Premier League, and he's just like casually leading the line for uh, a top six to eight team within it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exceptionally good. I feel like maybe you're you're hoping that to be more like cliffs of people completely losing their minds around it to sort of illustrated but there has been a lot of stuff about him, a lot of pieces around him in England I mean some of them were ludicrous because they're obviously suggesting he might in some way play for England and like maybe that in itself um, highlights the mindset that maybe and then maybe is more backing up your point in a way like if it was a young English player doing that at 18 would there be a little bit more euphoria but then England have so many exciting young players that maybe you know Phil Foden and um, the, the, the sort of the, maybe just the bar is higher for the wonder kid, but I don't know. I think he's he's turning a lot of heads, and I mean there has been the classic okay the transfer speculation. I don't really know where it stands. I think he's been linked with all of the big clubs already, um, but there's definitely like substance to the interest from what I can gather. Like that all the, I mean there's people watching him in the France game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know. Yeah, well, look, a go like this again for all the reasons we mentioned just will copper fascinating people's minds who maybe haven't seen much of him uh, so the uh, Kai Harvest goal has been disallowed because he tried to lift it over the goalkeeper uh, it came off Allison and hit off Havertz's hand and went into the net so 57 minutes on the clock and it's still nil all at Stamford Bridge I mentioned the Liverpool team was uh, eye-catching Van Dijk is ill but uh, Robertson on the bench or certainly not playing I don't know was he on the bench he is on the bench Trent Alexander-Arnold on the bench as well and Mo Salah on the bench so not every day of the week that happens not least for a game against Chelsea it's Nunes Firmino and Jada leading the line the midfield is Henderson Fabinho and Curtis Jones and it's uh, Gomez and Simicas at fullback with Matip and Canada in the centre of defence so who knows if that's a Jurgen Klopp lads we're going through a tough time I'm taking you out of the firing line have a rest we have Arsenal Anfield on Sunday uh, the league is beyond us Champions League is beyond us let's just uh, pause take a breath or Dan if it's punishment if yeah. it's a punishment substitution or not even a punishment substitution punishment dropping you watch Liverpool City oh, on Saturday yeah. City were exceptionally good Liverpool obviously uh, less so to say the least yeah. what's your read on what Klopp's done this evening yeah it's funny I mean I, I, I heard you say oh the Champions League is gone then I was just double checking the points there and it's like yeah I mean look, I felt like I mean maybe it's just a Newcastle win at the weekend and, and that sense of suddenly Newcastle jumping to third and if Manchester United had won that game like it felt like Liverpool were closer to that discussion now and it still feels like they could be in that discussion um, albeit um, you know, as you mentioned, like to play Arsenal at the weekend and um, Chelsea away on paper is still you'd still look at that and go tough fixture, even though Chelsea are all over the place. But yeah, I mean, 
I think the thing with Liverpool, and we've probably spoken about them a couple of times here, like, you know, are Liverpool back, you know, and they have these, like, sparks where they look fantastic. I mean, the Salah goal on Saturday, uh, the Grealish intercept at 1-0, like, Liverpool playing on the counter and thinking, yeah, that amazing stat, I think I might have spoke about it here on Saturday, it flashed up on the screen that, like, I think it's about the last 36 Premier League games they've scored first, they'd won 33 and drawn the other three, which is a sort of an insight into their attributes as a team that's like brilliantly brilliant at counter-attacking get ahead draw the other team out and you kill them and um, it's I mean it probably speaks to their quality in recent years that they've never lost a lead um, you know that says how good they've been mm. and yet City just sort of once they had that let off with Grealish coming back to be fair um, they sort of clinically picked them apart yeah. and I think the point I would have made here with you before about, about Liverpool just not believing that they could have turned the corner is that a team that started games so badly this season with their application so bad in games at certain times I'm not sure if you can get that back you know in a, in a space of time and even see it like I, I we'll never know like I mean things like the, the full backs being on the bench tonight to me would strike me more as seeking a reaction unless we find out there's some some sort of injury issue or whatever would strike me more as seeking some kind of response or reaction um, because some of the defending was just really poor and maybe it's you know reaction can be punishment reaction could be confidence as well as you mentioned taking them out of the firing line give other players a chance but their season is sort of drifting away Um it's a weird game tonight this really Chelsea Liverpool it's like what does it mean yeah like it feels like this you know was it the start of last season I think there was I was in here on a Saturday afternoon and Liverpool and Chelsea was at 5 o'clock and I think Liverpool Thomas Tuchel was the Chelsea manager was sending off early on and was like a real I think finished nil all but it was a really high quality one of these gripping Premier League games that you have that really like it's absorbing in the classic sense it wasn't gold but it was like yes this is the best of football Mm. and within a very short space of time you're in a you're in a point looking at Chelsea Liverpool and it's like well this is this is the sort of uh, the the Premier League drift that teams can sort of embark into this zone of like they're just sort of existing yeah. you know um, and uh, do, how do they now they have the money in both cases to be fair to get it back pretty quickly um, but you'd wonder the uh, Chelsea team this evening as they try and make sense of their 34-man and counting squad is Wesley Fafana, Koulibaly and Cucurella as the three centre-backs. Reese James, right wing-back, Ben Chilwell on the other side and then a midfield three of Kante, Enzo Fernandez, Mateo Kovacic. Up front, a partnership of João Felix and Kai Havertz. Graeme Potter, Dan, I'm curious for your thoughts on this general situation. 159 days, 31 games... His 11th defeat on Saturday was the end. The Chelsea hierarchy and Todd Bowley said enough was enough. Their holistic plans shelved. That's two managers sacked in the space of a year. They've spent about £600 million. Uh, Despite their promises to do things differently to Abramovich, it's sort of Chelsea on steroids at the moment. Do you remember we had the chat before about Chelsea and the journey yeah. with, uh, with Thomas Tuchel? I'm not, I think you said, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go on the journey here. Um, and I mean, Chelsea 2.0 is just a slightly wackier version of the previous one I mean like I have to be careful about this because I'm not like I'm not on the I'm not on the London beat so 
you're reading you're reading the reports coming out of there, but like some of the stuff coming out around Bowley and the, and the 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 takeover and their their views on football is almost scarcely believable in Such the sense as? of well, I mean, wasn't there a story during the rounds that they were a little bit unclear as to regards whether Chelsea would be in the Champions League next year there was sort of a sense that you would always be in the Champions League um, as in regardless of finishing yeah sort of now listen I'm wary of it you know has Todd Bowley phoned anyone to suggest goalkeepers take corners <laughs> I'm thinking I have covered Americans <laughs> from, but I mean speaking generally and stripping back from it I, I think like the Chelsea thing it's just a, it's a, you, you always need this reminder covering football that just because it's the sport that you know it is the world's game you know just because it's like the the, the top end of it like the Premier League level is like the pinnacle like in in terms of a footballer right like a footballer getting to the Premier League is in the like top point not 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 one percent they are the elite of the elite of any of them even some of these lads that we would slag off to play in the Premier League like Jeff Hendrick played six seven years in the Premier League like that's an incredible incredible achievement Um, but you don't need that you don't need to be the elite of the elite of the elite to get into a position of influence in the Premier League in another role. And like, there's almost a sense of, um, you know, you, you sort of assume that people operating at that level uh, are fully in control. And they may be brilliant in other aspects of life and very successful in other aspects of life. But uh, when it comes to the business of running a football club, it can be run as chaotically as your lowest level team in um, some league anywhere in the world that's that's run very badly. It just so happens that the figures are greater, and the, you know there's more people around you, and there's more people surrounding you. Um, but it's like chaotic, and I mean the recruitment strategy is mad. I feel sorry for Potter. I do. Um, in saying that, I understand the point of view. I think Jamie Carragher and a few people have put out that it was it was the decision they had to make because. Um, if you feel like it's not going to work you're better to change now or at the end of the season rather than seven games into next year I I understand that Um, and it's easy to step back now and say um, well he was probably the wrong type of manager for the type of club they are but what I find striking is that Chelsea were clearly aggressively briefing they seem to have again I have to be careful I'm not on the beat but Chelsea seemed all the Chelsea reporters were very much like there's patience with Potter there's patience with Potter and they were like adamant so like the, the club were like projecting an image of no we are we are stable we are behind our man this is, there's a, there is a purpose to what we are doing here but in reality it's just been exposed as I know it's not. What, what I don't understand is so they briefed heavily that this is, this is different this is going to be stable logical long term and then they followed that up by getting a manager who fit that bill. Yeah. And therefore I thought, okay, this is a departure. And then, like I said, they behave like Abramovich on steroids. And so I don't understand how they bridge those two very different points in the spectrum. I mean, you go through the signings under Todd Bowley and it's two full screens on Match of the Day to go through all the signings. They put it up. I took uh, pictures the other evening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fana, I saw that actually. Yeah, 70 million. Cucurella, 55 million. These are all sterling. Uh, Raheem Sterling, 50 million. You sort of forget. And it wasn't even sterling. done by order of fee. That was the thing. I I initially thought it was by order of fee, yeah. but then like Enzo pops up on page two, I think, doesn't he? For 107 yeah. million <laughs> yeah. sterling. Yeah. Uh, Koulibaly, 33 million. Uh, Chukwemeka, 
He was 15 from Villa. Cassidy from Inter Milan, 12. I feel like I haven't seen him play. Slovenia from Chicago Fire, 12. Aubameyang from Barcelona was just a hilarious one. He, he, liked, uh, he liked the Instagram post. <laughs> Enzo Fernandez, 106 million. Uh, Mudrick, who apparently the Chelsea players have nicknamed Draco Malfoy because Harry Potter, a.k.a. Graham Potter, wasn't picking Mudrick because he must be of Slytherin. If you're not a Harry Potter fan... Never watched, never read. You don't need to know anything more than that. Suffice to say, the humour in dressing rooms has become a lot more PG in the last... Yeah, decade. that's what I'm like... Yeah. Uh, on we go. Badashiel, 33 million. I'm sure some of these players will turn out to be good signings in, in, in good time, but it keeps going on. Joe Felix, Fafana, Santos. Fafana from Molda, yeah. Christo. He played so, against Shamrock Rovers in the Europa League a couple of months ago. Yeah. So Todd Bowley has amassed 5.3 billion. He must be an intelligent man. Of course. Yeah. And yet... If I told you, genuinely, and I mean like respectfully to Bowley, if I told you like a moron had been put in charge of Chelsea, like just like an idiot is in charge, mm. and this is how they've done things. They bought all those players, uh, just total spree, no real striker, hired Graham Potter, fired him again. You'd say, yeah, you probably couldn't have done a much of a more chaotic, worse yep, job. Absolutely. It's, but but the, the key point is, if you're as smart as Bowley must be, or else me and you should really be billionaires, I mean... That, I feel like a failure if he's managed to get what are we doing here this, that, the, the discrepancies in his approach are not complicated like I feel a three minute cup of coffee to say listen Potter's that type of coach you're buying just a load of players without much thought that really won't work why don't you either buy a, a brilliant man manager type like a Carlo Ancelotti Who's Carlo Ancelotti? Says Todd. He's sort of like a you know hands off, but he can manage egos type. Mm. He'll 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 put some kind of shape on your um, your mad spending spree. But he he's more the type of manager you want. That Potter guy, he's more you know methodical and, and slow progress, but very steady. I, I feel like that's a five minute conversation. That's not a big boardroom strategy. Yeah, that's not Todd Bowley saying I don't understand what you mean. It's like it's a really simple concept. It's it's staggering how misaligned coach and strategy was oh like and, and but even some of the briefing then was trying to suggest that certain decisions had been made by certain people in the in the level down below and like you yeah. sharing it around and um, yeah like it is completely misaligned it's, it's, it's just like it's it's very hard to analyse it and as I said try and play you always try and play the devil's advocate like you always try and look at, look at it and go okay what are we is, missing is there from so, some other position that we're missing some strategy here like, the only thing that was potentially clever um, was um, slash you know symptomatic of like Premier League being sort of sick is you know the eight year deals for the players like Mudrick and go to, to sort of circumvent uh, some of these damn regulations they put in the way that was the only thing you could say well okay there's, there's jury seems to be out and has yeah, successful well, well yeah exactly I mean as I said I've got a plan I've got a cunning plan you know this 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 does appear to have been one of those I'm losing faith in this plan based <laughs> yeah. on how but it's all unfolding like, does, like sometimes in time like if Chelsea like buy their way to a trophy in 12 to 18 months yeah. you know is there a revisionism that says well actually in hindsight what they were I can see what they did here I'm pretty sure they will spin that somewhere you know in fact there was a vision behind this plan no now the money they have and if they continue to keep churning it out yeah. um, there's a possibility that eventually they will hit on something well, if you that buy works 600 million worth of you know what and throw it at the wall eventually you'll get something that looks pretty good yeah and and you can you can sell it as being part of uh, some kind of of strategy but you do wonder oh, you know? and also like 
I, I, see, I don't know what type of personalities you're dealing with but like obviously Abramovich just was operated in a different world in, in, in many different ways yeah. Um again generalising but you kind of wonder you know Americans are getting a lot of press a lot of coverage is he going to be more reactive to it you know like a lot of the stuff in January actually I just thought Chelsea in Nine January it's just the worst but like but again like there was a breathlessness about how some of it was covered mm. and how was that because there's nothing like the you know the the you know transfers are now what feed a lot of football fans like just give us the hit of the next transfer please yeah. you know the game is optional I mean if the game is fine but more than more often than not, I'd like more transfers if, if, if that could be arranged uh, more transfer speculation more players coming in and there was this real sense in the window that Chelsea were like let's just give the people what they want yeah. can you not see what we're doing here we've bought this guy bought this guy uh, it seems like a good idea to buy this guy he's got potential we'll take him a last, you know? uh, it's, 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 it's insanity just a last question after taking out a break I'm curious as to how damaged you think the Potter brand is on the one hand in his favour you would like to think that any discerning a football uh, owner could look at the job he did at Brighton and could see the chaos that was Chelsea and would think there's still a lot there. On the other hand, there's been so much talk about how he was overwhelmed by the scale of this job. He didn't have the ego. He didn't have the personality. He never got to grips with it. And he's, he's, it, his ceiling has been shown. And even Danny Murphy in Match of the Day said, just watch um, uh, Chelsea I'm just I'm just starting to think maybe he's not like a front foot manager like a big club where they have to win games maybe he's more of a coach who sets up a lesser team to beat a bigger team and that's his real skill and, uh, yeah, and, and Merton Chapman sort of challenged him on that and he said it's just a hunch it's just I'm just getting that vibe and everyone's got that kind of vibe over Potter that he's not quite at this level so where where is he do you think in the, the pecking order now of Premier League job offers yeah I mean it's, like I did see some of the coverage about Potter it's like yeah he's just you know he's, he's not an elite manager yet you know didn't get that coverage when Lampard left Chelsea funnily enough you know um, didn't have Frank's personality personality and like he doesn't have the ex-player teammate on the couch you know here and the, that's always that element of someone you're a little bit of an outsider because you weren't really a top player mate you know there's, there's an element of that he is damaged there are like but I, I, mean, I guess, I guess you have to step back from it and go, like, how would Eddie Howe have fared in Chelsea? Would he've been fine with it? Like, he's he's coped with a situation in Newcastle where, in fact, uh, disgusting project in many ways. But um, it seems like the the, the the club itself is reasonably sane in terms of how to do. They've done their recruitment yes. and a lot of things. Um, and like, would Potter have thrived in that environment? Possibly. You know, would he then be pushing for Champions League and? Like you know, so I think maybe one problem that probably does exist for Potter is how well the Zerbi is done. <laughs> like you know, like I think that is possibly more of, uh, or as much of a of an issue in a way as his own struggles at yeah. Chelsea. But I reckon I don't know how soon he'll jump back in. Like I mean, he did. I mean, he must say like he was sort of being a little bit f- sort of flippant in a way, you know, about some of the Chelsea madness. Like at one point he did speak, you know, about like his mental health was being affected by this. And you can imagine like you've gone from, you know, you've gone from a position like we talk about, you know, the young footballers who know nothing but fame and success and everyone telling them they're brilliant until they have their first disappointment and it all turns and they can't cope with it. Now, I suppose the manager who comes to prominence in a different way, mm-hmm. it's a different type, of, like your trajectory is all positive, 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 you know, um, and then all, all of a sudden you're exposed to this and it's probably very overwhelming, but I would imagine um, 
the best thing to do would be to take a little bit of a step back but I'm pretty sure you know his next club once it seems to be a good fit he'll be fine although again I mean I know we have to go through a break but I mean the Premier League at the moment like what 13 managerial changes this season like it is it's just got, it's so it's gone so showbiz now that maybe Chelsea are just a proper reflection of it now that nothing lasts forever and after Klopp and um, Pep and wherever they leave you know what is the longest managerial dynasty of any description you mm. will get mm. you know Arteta maybe okay maybe the top clubs will have long term managers but the basket cases and the lesser ones just you know chop and change every 6-12 months it's uh, still nil all at Stamford Bridge 75 minutes on the clock in the second half Chelsea have had four shots to Liverpool's one Mo Salah is on from the bench uh, elsewhere we're in at a time and it's Leicester 1 Aston Villa 2 we have Leeds 2-1 up against Nottingham Forest and Evan Ferguson's beautiful goal which we were discussing earlier on has Brighton 1-0 up against uh, Bournemouth away 88 minutes on the clock back in just one moment and the football show as ever is with thanks to Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Football on Off the Ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Now you're with Mac Dan, let's pick up the pace. We've lots to get to here. We're not getting through it quickly enough. Uh, Everton Spurs last night. Harry Kane. I heard you discussing it earlier on. The difference between cheating and what was... Uh, being a pro. Being a pro. I think the, your gamesmanship is the word in between the two. That's what you're lacking. You're a man of words. But, but I wanted to ask you, like, you know, say controversy around someone like Patrick Reed in golf self-policing sport completely different but go on but is that just like is it just playing the game like if you take a drop is it just I think it's not come on is it you know (laughs) what about the golfers who look for a second drop sometimes they take their first they take their first drop and then you see them sort of what is it what's that called being a pro being a pro is it (laughs) yeah yeah bending the rules yeah I I don't know I mean this um, by the way um, I know you didn't get a chance to see it so not the whole game no this was an irritatingly awful, awful football match. I mean, the two sides, for different reasons, are a disgrace. <laughs> like, an absolute disgrace. I found myself watching the second half very closely and getting irritated how bad it was. Really? Like, actively. I think we've just become so spoilt. Uh, the football is so good. Like Man City, I just found like such a pleasure to watch. Uh, I could appreciate what was going on with Newcastle, Manchester United, as bad as United were. Like I, I you, you could just, uh, see real merit in Newcastle, but honestly, the lack of respect for the ball, um, the lack of quality, Spurs is like hubris slash uh, laziness. Uh, Everton's just woeful quality. I like just booting the ball away, just. Like I found myself as as just the ball ricocheted around at one point, saying, "Why the am I watching?" <laughs> You're not with me, and these garbage. these lads all been the elite of the elite of the elite now. You're not with me now. And it was in that context that I was like, "This is garbage." Like it was just really bad. I I found like so Everton. I kind of I, I would sort of forgive Everton their awfulness because of the predicament that they're in. They are what they are. But Spurs, like I found for Spurs offensively bad. <laughs> are you just not? Are you maybe just a little bit spoiled? This seems like more of a personal attack. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Are you not more spoiled by just by watching a lot of good football? No, no, no. This whereas was, actually, this was in reality, most football no. is this, is, me, is was, a version of this. This was unacceptable. Unacceptable? Yeah. Yeah, this was like chronic. 
I mean, the two sides, Spurs should be ashamed of themselves. They should, like, like, are you talking like shouldn't collect their wages? Yeah, like, like really hand just it back. not trying. You know the way... Were the, uh, crowd, were the crowd offended? No, because the crowd were very invested in, like everything, the, the Goodison crowd don't have the luxury of uh, standards. If you were invested moment. in it, do you think you might have viewed it differently? If you were like an Everton fan paying just for your team to no, stay I, up by any means possible? Yeah, totally. That's what I mean. They don't have the luxury to be picky right now. It's like, let's get a result. Let's get out of this mess. So I sort of think, go to, and there was a work ethic about Everton. We're Spurs. Oh, like, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. If it was, if, if I, I would love more than anyone to have watched the match with Antonio Conte. Because I'd say he just would have been this this, this is what I'm talking about. They're the worst. They are they are shocking, actually. Anyway, then the Kane thing happened. I I I had no problem with him going down. Like obviously it's embarrassing, but I just think that's the game, you know? Here's uh I might get your take in a moment. Your hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, hot. Here is Neville and Carragher afterwards in Monday Night Football. They disagreed. My problem is I've got no problem with people diving or trying to win a penalty or trying to and people may say well, what's the difference I can't the thing I really don't like is, is players trying to get fellow professionals booked or sent off I've got no problem with someone going down winning a free kick jumping back up and getting on their feet and to be honest I'm, I'm, I'm having to go over a Tottenham player but there's an Everton player who, who, Richarlison all the Everton supporters the last few years oh you're always on it Richarlison because not the fact that he goes down he stays down rolling down when there's nothing wrong Cara, with him. You, you, Harry Kane has gone down you're trying to tell me he Cara, can't stay on his feet look, you're, what you're, do, 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 no, is that Cara, enough to no, make actually, you go down Cara, I, I feel like you're rewriting history you were a horrible defender who used every single dark art that was available and wanted your players in your team you appealed for every decision more than anybody else that ever played and if your strikers went down you wanted them if your play, strikers went down like, you'd want him sent off and you'd probably have a go at him if he didn't I that, wouldn't. Now you're talking as no, the pundit with a suit no, on no, no, on the no. Monday night. It's fine. It's a better suit than that. <laughs> I thought it's all right, actually. But to be fair, on, on a serious note, as a if player, for, if we go in okay. that dress, if we go Listen. in our dressing rooms, we're going. Yeah. Harry, well done. Okay. You got him sent would off. Would you do it? No, I'd, I've never why, done. Well, why wouldn't you I've do it? I've never done that because, to be fair, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Why? But why not? I wouldn't, That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't mind my striker doing it. Yes, but you wouldn't do no, it. I wouldn't do it. But if your son was playing football, how would you feel if he'd done it? Well, to be fair, one point is, I can understand that I'm. Final word on I, this. No, I'm giving Harry the benefit of the doubt, maybe because I know him. And he does dive, don't get me wrong, he does. He does go to ground and he's got he's got he's clever. But my point is when the, the when the, those those nails go in your eye, honestly that Which can is where shock we started you. with this conversation. That can We're shock not gonna you. find agreement, so let's move on to some of the other incidents. I'm, imagine being out on a Saturday night with your wife. <laughs> she did that to you. No, yeah, and someone did that to you, and you were on the floor rolling round. Right, come on, let's have a look at the other incidents. <laughs> I had that weird experience of agreeing with whoever was talking. <laughs> You're just like a comedian. I, but I really do see the merit in both arguments. Well, I think the point is, and it's probably why the, the fact that it's Harry Kane is the England captain. Like you can see him afterwards on the pitch, um, uh, you know, trying to like have a chat with Pickford and then Coleman as well. And it's uh, it's players of a certain status who like engage in extreme gamesmanship or everyone to call yeah. it. It's like Henri doing the diplomatic thing with Richard Dunn post Paris in today's They've got a reputation to protect. Yes. They've got a brand to protect. If that is unnamed 21-year-old French footballer who does that, um, they may not go to the effort of uh, you know doing all that afterwards, but they'll probably be more roundly condemned, you know, or, bit, or not at all, almost because their profile. Oh, 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 sorry. Or there's a sense of well, this is the, the yeah. game's gone. That's isn't the it? game. And come here. Do you think there's any sense? So, 
Kane, and it didn't, I hadn't considered Neville's point. It can be a bit shocking if you get nails in the eyes. Who knows if that happened? Not but, to dive around on the ground, sure. Sure. I mean, I don't. It doesn't fully excuse. It doesn't fully excuse. It. But do you think there's any degree of Kane in the moment, instinctive? My years of training here tell me I hit the deck when this happens, but that afterwards, on reflection, he's probably potentially a touch embarrassed, hence over to Coleman, over to Pickford, and look, lads, all is fair, love more, sorry, but like fingers in my face, you know. Do you think he's a touch embarrassed? Yeah, maybe? maybe. Well, I'd like to know what Coleman said. Like, he clearly was seeking out Coleman. I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, Coleman was inquiring about his well being yeah. at the time. Like, I, I, I mean, this is the thing, and, and being Seamus Coleman, who's probably, a, I think he's a football emerita type of fella, I think he's unlikely to ever go into detail about what he said, yeah. but I'd imagine. It, it, it was something that Kane probably felt the need to challenge not angrily but more oh no I'm not that type of uh, you've got me all wrong here do you know, do you know or, the, or do, you, do, you mean, do footballers just coldly go listen I know the game that's you know the, the point game. see I was, I was watching to it to a point who's not a football fan and the sense was oh my god that's embarrassing and it is embarrassing and so you could say it is gamesmanship and it is cheating but I think that's to ignore the currency of the game that's to ignore the context of the game and within the game that is not cheating that is just the cost of doing business that is a, that is an that is a norm like you asked about Patrick Reed that is not a norm to to cheat in golf not talking about Patrick Reed specifically here before we're part of that billion dollar lawsuit no to cheat in golf is not the norm to cheat in football or to to do what Kane did is the norm and therefore to improve your position I don't think it's an outrage I don't think it's a oh come on this is a disgrace no I think that is the cost of doing business and that is the environment in which he's part of so I think to suddenly do I, I really agreed with Neville when he said Jamie now you're in your suit and you're come on you know what you were like as a player you know what it's like out there I thought that was the salient yeah. point yeah so like who who is anyone in football really to say with Harry Kane I'm pearl clutch I, I just can't I can't believe I've seen Harry Kane do that it's an outrage come on well the thing is like surely would like the point is with VAR now you don't like, need to like if he just reacted in the natural if, if it's true that he did get an, a nail in the eye yeah. well then yeah, I can imagine you would go away and go god and draw attention to it um, he's a pre-VAR man he was, he was schooled <laughs> in the days where he had he's, to go he's down. old school yeah like, he, he had to go down he's old school cheating yeah so maybe maybe that we were wondering on the news round would the um the newer generation in the VAR who've always had VAR to rely on they don't have to go down anymore maybe maybe it will stop <laughs> it's just like you know pointing to, to like a, a sort of an imaginary camera in the distance uh, when they feel pain oh, yeah I'm not so sure it was yeah uh, definitely caught the imagination uh, come here I wanted to ask you because not everyone listening down would have watched PSG Lille at the weekend no I mean I, you were asking before I came in like what games I'd watched and yeah, like I was just walking in I hadn't seen some of the games and had seen others then I was like I completely forgot that classic thing that when you have the uh, when you do have the sport channels you get some value for money for them to flick around what's on them I did manage to, I saw PSG I was sort of half watching the golf on Sunday and I saw PSG 1-0 down half an hour to go against Lille what channel is Lille it was on BT3 BT3 I think it was and I just like you know Checking like yeah, the yeah. scoring apps, and I thought half an hour to go. Yeah, PSG are one 0 down at home. Yeah, to Lille, this could be pretty good. Looked at the teams, like all right, Mbappe, Messi. Yeah, okay. You know, I like watching. I like watching the sort of um, good teams chasing a lead. That's often the a thrilling scenario. Is that, yeah, they're going to completely step it up here yes. and go for it. Oh my god, they were like they were dreadfully bad. What did like, they finish? Like finish one 0 to Lille. To Lille, and I mean, I'd like to say it was a siege. 
it, it was not a siege and at a all. Different shrug. And like, and the thing about the PSG is there was an incredible atmosphere because they have this madly, they have a real passionate fan base. Actually, quite a divided fan base. Sort of, you know, so there was just like this smoke and flares, and you know, a real sense of there was this noise. But the game itself wasn't providing any they brought a couple of younger players on who brought a bit of spark Lille actually did look to be playing a back five um, from what I saw and Mbappe I was like thinking I'm going to have to watch Ireland like neutralise Mbappe here and just decided like yeah, I, want, uh, I want to see what Mbappe's XG was for like shots in that game or something um, because he, he won a couple of won a corner or two but he was completely sort of drifting away uh, not involved Messi listen Messi on a good day walks around as much as he walks around on a bad day. Okay, so I'm not going to... It's very, like, old school. And so I, he was only strolling around the place, but he was only strolling around the place. Um, and it was just for a team... Maybe it's a team that knows they're going to win the league. I was just going to say, they're, for they context, have, they're yeah. six points clear. They've lost their last two in a row. They were awful though like just really bad I'm just, I was thinking of like the football terrorists who like, like no, Everton, no, Everton Spurs bad is what you're well, saying well yeah this is true like I mean they, they should be it was unacceptable but uh, I mean Lille's application was, was very good um, but no it was just more a sense of wow because I know people I'm sure we all people listening and pe- maybe pe- people listening may have done it themselves like they have this whole thing of you know want to go and see Messi play in the flesh and like probably part of the thing of getting these players a just as sort of a vanity thing for Qatar but probably there's an element of make PSG a place you want to go I'm thinking if you've gone to watch this is your big Sunday to go and watch the lads and this is like particularly dispiritingly they have lost uh, seven matches in all competitions this calendar year seven PSG and the reporting now is that Messi is out of there so the whole thing whether it's Inter Miami or whether he ends up in Saudi Arabia or elsewhere who knows But back to Barcelona or back to Barcelona the whole thing has completely fallen apart. I, like, I was watching it going, and maybe it's because we've had Mbappe on the mind mm. for the last sort of couple of months and from an Irish perspective and you watch him against Holland and he's the captain and it's like he's doing the press conference and it's like, and then you realise, well, this is actually your day-to-day here at the moment when you're out of the Champions League and you're sort of thinking going, I know he's got the contract and I know he's got this position of power and all this, but surely he's just going to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, he's going to make it happen because like again I'm very conscious just watching one game but I mean as you mentioned their form has been indifferent didn't even win the league yeah. like in, you know last year and, and was it last year or the year before and the, yeah sorry but but there is a sense of yeah like your legacy is going to be damaged by spending ha, a lot yeah. of time here he and, and the World Cup has just shown how thrilling he mm. is he's the best player in the world probably to watch now in full flow and you're yeah. watching him here going meh going through the motions interesting um, I was going to talk Newcastle and Manchester United we don't have time for that uh, tell me about this Damien Duff uh, viral I suppose ultimately um, critique of referees if people haven't seen it, it it's generally available but he was uh, talking effusively about the league standards have gone through the roof the crowds are brilliant I'm not just talking about here at Shelburne there are sellouts right across the board uh, playing standards going up referees have to come with us yeah, the referees have to come with us. It was a really dramatic uh, point, and he actually in the rain. He, he held his hand up in the air to like imagine this is the bar. Yeah, we're here now. We're getting here. Referees, get with us. And he, he held his hand. I would say 
well above the forehead area. Yeah, yeah. It had many thousand views by Friday night. For context, this was after Shells lost 1-0 to Derry last week. Paddy Barrett, the Shells defender, got a second yellow at the start of the second half. Shells were 1-0 down. It sort of killed the game. And that was the context for the discussion. It did appear to be a harsh second yellow. Uh, it wasn't exactly mad appeals from players for it. And I was at the Dock Shamrock Rovers last Friday where, again, there was a controversial sending off. Robbie Benson, the Dock appeal it, didn't get away with it. It's been a big talking point this year in some ways I make this point sometimes referees can be a boring talking point because it's like well people make bad decisions but within the league in recent years it comes up all the time again and again and And to your eye as a less emotionally invested spectator is the standard of the refereeing eye-catchingly poor the panel has probably been drained in recent years I wouldn't say it's high level we don't necessarily have refs making waves in Europe relative to say Alan Kelly was there in previous years went to the MLS I did a piece a couple of weeks back about the high number of yellow cards this year Um, and within that I would have spoken off the record because referees can't speak on the record I would have spoken to people in the refereeing community who would say like who? they they would acknowledge that probably they're going through a transition at the moment the levels aren't great and also there's more assessment of the referees they've brought in this new technology this year from this company in Estonia that they're assessing games every week and decisions and basically refs feel under pressure to give okay. yellow cards be because by the book. if you don't give a yellow for an obvious yellow offence this might be popped into mm. in for assessment and you might be taken off games mm. and and um, the, the room for interpretation maybe yeah average of five league. yellows per game in the Premier Division so far this year in the Premier, What's the Premier League 3.7 so <sighs> What's yeah. 1.3 cards across the, well across the season it adds up but is it affecting know? the spectacle yes well the two games well put it like this like the, the two games I was at last week um, so the game I was at on Friday and the Shells Day when I watched afterwards on TV both of them were affected and re- marred by refereeing decisions now you can debate them um, there's, like uh, across the season it's been a big talking point okay. you talk to people in football and they will bring it up sometimes yeah like it's boring like it can be a cushion just to blame the referees for everything right I'm not saying that they probably need help they probably need like you know better training you know better pay in some cases sure. you know like more time to devote to it they would have their own issues in their world and they have they have had their own issues in that regard so it's not just a pile on um, there, is but, a, there is a legitimate but, but Damien Duff this mate. most people seem, in the league seem to disagree with most of Damien Duff's comments but actually in this instance it seems like everyone was agreeing with him that's rare well I mean come on that's rare do you know what else he should say as well uh, politicians are rubbish too I mean kick well, your, people, no, referees I people, mean, people like that people, and, and listen he was saying listen the standards are great populist much the yeah. fans are great not just yeah all oh, the fans <laughs> referees though we don't like referees yeah, yeah no I mean, it on. is it is the it is the playbook of populism I see what you're saying um, but I think look you know within the refereeing fraternity even they would acknowledge like the the, the things need to improve okay but, well, that's, that's but that's you know relations between managers and players and refs as well communication there seems to be a lot to address I'd love to, the refs to be allowed to speak more they can't I know that that's a general thing in other leagues as well but I think maybe here smaller league even that would help to hear the voices and the decisions and might just help in some ways um, to give it a little bit more context for explaining where they're coming from at times Okay that's very fair So uh, we're into 95th minute at Stamford Bridge I think it's a suitably drab Nobody feels great. Nobody feels awful. Nil all draw between Chelsea and Liverpool. It's like a perfect synopsis of 
where yeah. things are at the moment even the faces as they shake hands are a bit like ugh. Got One game closer to the end of the season, guys. Uh, Leicester City beaten by Aston Villa 2-1. Late Villa goal there to win that. Away from home as well, so that's a very good uh, three points for Aston Villa who are flying high. It was Traore with the goal in the 87th minute. Look at Leicester now. Look, second from bottom. You, you get rid of the manager, you look for the bounce. That's the whole thing. You know, The whole logic is the bounce. And now you're sort of thinking, Leicester, pretty, pretty solid club. Could have been the Champions League year to yeah, go. Yeah. And now they are properly in, in bother. Uh, Leeds 2-1 winners against Nottingham Forest and Evan Ferguson's Brighton 2-0 winners Ferguson with the first and Cisco with the second uh, we were talking at length about the Ferguson goal a beauty a beauty to kick things off for Brighton football show brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports